about to be a completely unreliable asshole. Hello, Tim. <laughs> hello, Ryan. And hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 52 of Dismembering Horror, the podcast show where myself, Zach Baggins, I mean, Ryan McDuffie, <laughs> well... And myself, Tim Aslan. Correct. <laughs> Ryan and Tim and Zach today, we dismember a <laughs> horror film, a new horror film every week. What do we do when we dismember a horror film, Tim? Well, Zach, <laughs> we watch a movie, and then we talk about what worked, and then we talk about what didn't work. What didn't work. And then we, what do we do next? Things of note. Right. Whatever we found interesting or noteworthy <laughs> about a horror film. <laughs> horror film. Horror film. And this may be our biggest case yet, Tim. <laughs> oh, man. Was it ever? <laughs> it was. <laughs> okay. What else? Anything else to say about what our show is? No. Okay, then, then Tim, I, we, we got to set up this episode because this is... I feel like you just did. But, I mean, this may be our... People need to know that this may be our biggest episode yet because you are a... Because who is Zach Baggins, first of all? And what is your relationship to him and what he's, he does? Well, he's my best friend. Mm -hmm. um, we have a very intense relationship. We've known each other for so many years. Okay, here's a good way to put it. <laughs> so I come over to record this episode with Tim. Um, and, or no, no, we were recording the other episode when we then, when we then right. pulled this. So we were sitting down to record the previous episode. And when I show up, his TV is paused and it's like some grainy... Like, it looks like it's a 70s film. And I say, oh, what, what movie are you watching? And he he unpauses it. And it's actually Ghost Adventures. He's on <laughs> season, what, 17 of 19 right now something or something like that. Like yeah, that, that sounds about right. And I didn't know about Ghost Adventures, you know, specifically what it was before befriending Tim and working on this podcast with him. <laughs> but Ghost Adventures is like one of the the preeminent ghost hunting shows out there. In no small part at all to its host, <laughs> Zach with a K, Beggins. Yeah, who, no C. No C yeah. in there. <laughs> <laughs> Whose signature thick uh, glasses, um, well, we get the origin story here of them right. in this film. Yeah, you know, in the first, like, 12 uh, seasons, he didn't have those right. glasses. But post-Demon House, yeah. he does. But anyway, just to say that when <laughs> Tim... He just wore cool Ray-Bans. Tim always has this guy's TV show on. <laughs> it's <laughs> like... It is the definition of my guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and here we are. I didn't know... Did Had you heard about this film, Tim? Did you know there was an actual Zach I guess Zach I kind Bagans? of knew... I, I don't... I mean... Yeah, I guess I kind of knew that I knew that the movie existed, but I didn't know that the movie was this movie. Okay. Does that make sense? Like I've seen this poster 20 times or a hundred times or whatever yeah. when I'm scrolling through looking for a movie. But it looks like just any other horror movie. Yeah. And I think I always confused it with another like possession movie. And so I was like, oh, I've seen that. And I just dismiss it. So what is your fascination with the show? Well, I mean, look, we've talked about me seeing a ghost before. 
Yeah. The one time. But prior to that, I had always Which, just watched... for reference, was our episode Aramintari and the Devil. Oh, was it? Yeah. We looked well, it up last it time. Up. It starts about three minutes in. So, I mean, I've always liked that shit. Like, it's sort of the same reason I like horror stuff. It's like I grew up with a brother who would make me watch horror films like starting with haunted indiana which is one of my recommendations a long time ago you know so like i like that stuff and i like ghost stories and whatever and then in the whatever it was maybe the late 90s ish or maybe early 2000s when the first one what was fear well fear yeah so fear sort of was the first tv show that that had this element to it i guess like of (laughs) reality ghost ghost taunting type stuff and then right after that came uh ghost hunters right Uh ghost hunters yeah the one that taps okay the atlantic paranormal society or something like that it's the two dudes who are plumbers it's a famous one it's like the big famous first one and so i the second that came out i got into that and like i don't know maybe a couple, three years into that, Ghost Adventures showed up as like okay, a competitor. You're just, you're just talking about your history with it, though. I mean, yeah. that, it's, it's, it's great, but I'm wondering, like, you... Okay. I mean, I love horror movies, too, but I don't have this fascination with them. I love ghost stories, too. And you also, you don't like... You aren't crazy about actual, like, narrative films about ghosts right. or hauntings. Yeah. So what is it about, like... <laughs> this the style that you said that has this quote unquote element to it, like where what itch is it scratching for you? I, it's just the idea of catching something on camera that's mm-hmm. paranormal. It's just that. So like it doesn't matter too much to me who, in, in its fundamental form, it doesn't matter too much to me who like is hosting it or whatever, but. <laughs> Once you once you get on board with Ghost Adventures and see what dorks they are, but they're trying so hard to like be cool guys, especially Zach. There's something so stupidly endearing about it. Yeah. I mean the idea that every time the littlest thing happens, and half the time they'll call it out and be like, Oh, that was just, you know, the ice machine around the corner making a noise. But their reactions when it's happening are just fucking priceless. Like <laughs> They do this thing, all of them to do it, which is like, oh my God. Yeah. And they, it's consistent throughout the entire show <laughs> where it's like, they like, they all love to yell for Zach. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, get over here. <laughs> it's shit like that. It's just, it's so funny to me. Okay. And what I just wanted to stress and, you know, too, once yeah. in a while they supposedly catch something that's sort of fun and interesting and like if it were actually not a hoax i would be fascinated by and that's what keeps yeah that's what keeps you going kind of yeah but okay tim's trying to play it cool here you're trying to play it cool here tim no no as far as you want you want me to talk about our bromance it's a little one-sided no you're but eventually he'll come around your enthusiasm yes okay eventually (laughs) he'll come around because tim's enthusiasm and excitement when we pulled this and then sat down and it was like i'm zach baggins (laughs) uh well 
Tim was very excited, to say the least. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I just started yelling. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Okay, we're going to like get... get a whole fucking dumb documentary with Zach. <laughs> yeah. It was like 10 minutes shy of two hours, too, this movie. <laughs> yeah. If you want to call it that. Um, okay. Okay. Well, we'll get more into your love of all this and dissecting Zach Baggins. But so let's, let's just get into, oh yeah, the trailer. Okay. So, so you'll, you'll hear, you'll hear the man himself here. I'm sure if you haven't already. Yeah. So here's the trailer for Demon House. I'm Zach Baggins. I'm one of the world's leading researchers on ghosts and demonology. And this film is cursed. A story about a demon possession makes international news. Now look at one of the most documented cases of demon possession and exorcism in recent history. The next day over the phone, I buy the house, sight unseen. In my 37 years of police investigation, I've never run into anything like that before. I just got the keys to the demon house. You think it's dangerous for me to be in the house? I wouldn't be there. She had holes in both our wrists, just like Lil' Cuss. They called 911. They called 911. They did. There was an unidentifiable voice. I only heard it on the recording. Who in there? Something came back. I don't know if it was that demon, but something came. I flipped the crucifix on her head. She began convulsing. It was a sick. Okay, then I'll back. So, with watching wow. that just now, Tim, the quote in there, you you said that definitely wasn't the voice, or that wasn't it. That was no saying who in there. That's yeah. the police officer saying what he heard, right? Which right. was in the movie. That's true. And I think that part is indicative of like the appeal of this kind of style. It's remember. Do you remember the part in the movie? It was yeah, it's a police officer telling like um, yeah. the radio came on. And he said, and then the voice said, who in there? Who in there? Yeah, and yeah. they froze on him and added an echo effect. Yeah. And like played a stinger underneath it. Of so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's what this film is. And that for me yeah. is representative of all there is to love and hate about this film. Who in there? Yeah, it's funny because honestly, that is the thing I do dislike about all of these shows i would much rather watch these shows with absolutely no like music or sound effects or anything underneath and just let watch people like do their thing yeah so this now granted i i guess there's charm in the stupidity of (laughs) the other thing that maybe is why i keep watching them because it's sort of like you're it's like bemused eye rolling yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's With the other thing. <laughs> that's kind of my like feelings in a nutshell. And this is kind of like, you know, what I do a lot. Uh, we're going to talk about specific elements and I'll have to parse what is working for me in that and what is not working for me <laughs> in that. Yeah. But I think that's why I mentioned yeah, that exactly. example as the style. And you just said it as far this as this whole um, movie is going to be an exercise in the Ryan being able to do his thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, everything we say is also going to be a thing that didn't work. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's why it's an interesting one where I have like a um, few things down, but there's a lot within yeah. each of those things. 
Okay, so I I would rate it based on all that. I gotta I gotta give it a solid stream it. I I love like ghost stories things too, you know, and 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 just now here's a good way to put it. Like I read the complete article that sort of made this case famous. In this case, for point of reference, it was like a big famous case. There's, you know, Fox News, different news outlets like reporting on it. Um, everyone knew about the house, da da da. The, the presumably Blumhouse or some other production, big production company, is after the rights for it. Um, but anyways, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, stream it. I'd say stream it. Oh yeah, yeah. But me getting into like reading about it in the articles and stuff like that is because I'm so fascinated by the actual story mm-hmm. and the details of what happens. That's my favorite part about. I want to say these kinds of documentaries, but as far as this style, a documentary where it is, um, I don't know, uh, there's quite a trade off for embracing <laughs> its style and then being actually able to tell a coherent, detailed story of the events. Um, yeah. Were if, if like, I'd be more forgiving of the film as a whole, or I'd, I'd give it a higher rank ranking and say, rent it. If there was actually, a better presented account of the story inside. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But I mean, aside from that, I mean, it is it is pretty undeniably stupid fun in its schlockiness, and you do get some story within there, and like people getting interviewed in those moments that make you go, like, are they a liar? Are they crazy? What's right. going on? Is it real? So that's all technically in there. Yeah, I mean, I basically agree. This is like this sort of draws the the distinction line for me about this stuff like i don't think i would ever pay money for any of this stuff Mm -hmm. right like i was i I thought you this is would be top on your shelf already tim no No, it's like that's uh, that's why it's a guilty pleasure like i would never step into actually like putting money into it It, it's it's all the way up to that line (laughs) Mm -hmm. like i'll consume a lot of it for free but I, I don't think I would ever. You pay wouldn't for pay it. twenty five cents an episode for Ghost Adventures. No, I wouldn't, because <laughs> it would add up. Because as soon as you did one, you'd have to. There's nineteen fucking seasons. <laughs> I know. I'd be like twenty dollars. No, it'd be more than that. But whatever. No, I would stream this. Okay. It's it's firmly in that wheelhouse for me. It's a thing that I'll consume for yeah. free. Got it. <laughs> but a solid stream it nonetheless. I'll tell you what I would pay for is to go ghost hunting. Like I would pay to do that in person. Um, but like, you know, to watch it? Nah, fuck no. My uh, cousin and her husband are amateur <gasps> ghost hunters in Where? their spare time. Uh, they're actually called the North, what is it? Um, North West Amateur paranormal society something like that naps yeah no no it's not that it'd be <laughs> maybe just naps because yeah. they, this you know northwest is one word i think mm-hmm. but um yeah they go along the west coast <laughs> oh man cases we gotta go visit them i know well they're they've always been talking about for years coming down to california so we'll join them hopefully Sweet. they'll let me know so uh what's next so we're streams yep so next is the summary. Oh my god. You probably know the the background better than 
Yeah, but that's not the film necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) The film is Zach Bagans claims that he had a dream once. Yep. With a goat man in it. 12-foot demon goat man. A week before I first heard of this case, (laughs) I had a dream. Yeah, and then um, so he buys the house, as you heard in the trailer, sight unseen. Sight unseen. And then he... They spent like a while filming this. Yeah, it's over the course of years, I think. Yeah, it's at least a year, if not a couple years. Um, So, yeah, I mean, they go to the house and they try to interview people who were who, like the previous owners who the story sort of the the newspaper article was about the kids kind of being possessed or one kid being possessed. Yeah, right? it's okay. So it's Latoya Ammons and she's a single mother and her three kids. And so right. the possession demon story it uh, is about the three kids actually where th- first there's this weird stuff happening in the house and mm-hmm. like a few instances and the kids getting thrown around and such and such. And then it's after they do an exorcism cleaning or something where things are okay for three days. And mm-hmm. then that's when, st- what is he? Then shit gets real. <laughs> he actually says that in the movie. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> Yeah. So then we, you know, kind of go down following him around to try and get more information. So there's interviews with yeah. people who are sort of involved, like the caseworkers and the priest and the cops. Right. And- Those are our key players. We have the um, Department of Child Services family case manager, Valerie Washington, who like fled the room. The sort of the big instance that this or one of the big accounts that this film always comes back to and it's beautiful reenactments with <laughs> reenactment actors keep showing over and over is um, an instance where it was a bunch of sort of people who are, you know, state official type people mm-hmm. in the room yeah, at a hospital. there's a psychiatrist and a, like an a The case RN, manager I just mentioned. The case manager. At least those three adults are in the room. And yeah. then the mom probably too is there. And the grandma. And oh, it right. was basically yeah. the instance where this kid, his voice changed, they all said. His eyes rolled back in his head. He, uh, what was it? He, he like walked backwards right, up at, the wall exactly that, yeah right after sort of i think getting th- like thrown back by nothing oh yeah he then like walks a- upwards against the wall and then jumps down and lands on his two feet yeah <laughs> and so that and then, and then then we have you know interviews with this um case manager saying you know she ran out of the room after that she it was a big traumatic experience for her Yada, yada, yada. But there's the intrigue is that you have Mm -hmm. those people went from saying, oh, this is a case of this mother who's created a sort of psychosis that and these that these kids are playing into and we need to separate them all of a sudden to not being able to confidently say that that's all it is anymore. Yeah. And then then there's this sort of unfortunate caveat of that family refuses to be interviewed. Oh, yeah. Except for, no, Latoya's in it, though. Mm-mm. Or are those his previous interviews with her that we see? No, we never see Latoya. Who is it? No, she's the woman with the, the, the like, the dyed hair. That's Rosa, her mom. Oh, really? Yeah. So we never actually meet Latoya or her three kids. 
Oh. Yeah. Okay. We meet her her mom, Latoya's mom, Rosa. Right. She's the one who sort of tells a lot okay. of that stuff. I was and then yeah. we and then it gets even more confusing because then we also meet the previous house occupants of the house, like a woman who had grown up in the house. Okay. And she happens to also have three kids who are presumably around the same-ish age as Latoya's kids. So it becomes very convoluted about, like, who's who at a certain point. But regardless... And that's kind of where Zach Bagan's filmmaking fails me a bit. (laughs) (laughs) But all in all, so all of this is to say that this is all, you know, documentary interviewing sort of, and, you know, the... um, what did what are they called? The reenactment bullshit <laughs> leading up to Zach saying, I'm going to lock myself in this house, board it up and like literally like have it. Why does he have to put a? <laughs> I don't know, but he's going to do that and stay over there a night by himself. Yep. And that's and then we see that. That's the big ending. And that's Com- the ending. camera goes out of focus and something blurry runs by it. He's yeah. yelling at it. He gets an extreme pain in his eyes. And now for the rest of his life has He's to wear these corrective glasses. Yeah. <laughs> that's the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a, a, like a punk horror fan cameraman who, oh, yeah. That's sort of the middle, a middle section is right. when we're at the hotel and he's like screaming. He has a flip out. He's at the hotel and says he sees like the goat man standing in the yeah. elevator and he wasn't, didn't think any of this was real until that moment. Right. And he said that the goat man wants to get you, Zach. Right. So. There's so that's much. That's why there's a goat man head on the poster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he hears, doesn't Zach hear the goat? like in yeah right before the camera goes out of focus i think and we go oh it's a goat it's a goat the basement is a big part of it Mm -hmm. they always go that's where the weird stuff happens. oh and then i think just the last thing to mention that's like it focuses on is how you have like five or more people oh right who all get you know severe to extremely severe injuries or accidents right who have visited this place or illnesses yeah yeah including like one um yeah the the sort of the guy who investigated the the entity case the film the entity he's like some famous scientist Mm -hmm. or you know within that world right right. scientist and he said uh he never thought this would happen to him kind of thing you know and we want to believe because it's like are they, he, they'd he, have to be really good actors yeah, is the thing seems, that gets me. He seems the most quote unquote credible of anybody in this thing. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, take that for what it is. Well, as a, I don't know, we're still in the summary here. But um, but uh, as as I think the, the reporter who wrote the extensive article that made it goes famous says, uh, I believe they believe this happened. Hmm. OK. You know, I, that's where Fair I enough. fall back on a lot. And I want to say for things of note, Tim, if we can go down a list of the implications of it being faked. Basically, so if we want to presume this was all faked, what would that actually mean? Right. (laughs) You know, that they would have had to have pulled off or whatever. Or what was going on. I can get into that. that. Okay. Should we officially move into what worked? Yeah. It worked like a charm, Smith.
So I <laughs> look, I mean, honestly, the biggest thing that works for me is the the seek there there's the two sequences that are sort of back to back, like you said, in the middle are that uh, scientist guy. And that follows is followed by the the cameraman having his flip out, regardless of whether or not it's real or faked or whatever acted, it's effective. Like both of those storylines and the way they're depicted are very eerie and creepy to me and like unsettling. It makes you go, ooh, fuck. Yeah, because if this is if this is real, it's freaky. There's something about the involving the authority figures of a priest. Yeah. Right? Y- yeah, I mean, it just... It's like regardless of your feelings of organized religion, it is... They, they don't have reason to perpetuate the the, the exorcism rights. Well, you know, I mean, I, mean everybody, I guess that's Everybody's loud, got a reason yeah. if you give them money. Right. So but that, they don't me, have that, money. Latoya, I mean, they no, wouldn't no. have... Oh, you mean the, in the original case? Yeah. I see. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, I think the depiction of, of the science guy mm-hmm. and, like, his sort of groundedness and then his, his whatever you call it, falling apart, kind of feeling sick and all that. It's like, I could see that. Ju- it's There's so much correlation without causality. Mm-hmm. Is that the way it would be? Yes. They're correlating things without and, you know, and 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 thinking that it's caused by ghosts, and it's like, dude, it could be fucking anything. It could be just fucking the the house is old and shitty and dank, and like, right? You well, know, you're down in the basement, and it's, it's fucking what the air sucks. Here's the you know perfect I mean? example: is when he says. You know, they're investigating a demon house and then he says, these weird things happen, blah, blah, blah. And that night I had a dream about this demon. It's like, right. It's like I had a dream actually last night where I was like investigating paranormal places. It's like, and I think it's because all you all you do, Zach, is fucking come up with ideas to for this show. And so the idea that it's it's out of the realm of like normal whatever to have a dream about a demon it's like yeah no shit i mean i had a dream last night about three that had three different girls that i've dated none of which in the last two decades like why i don't fucking know it doesn't matter it doesn't mean anything <laughs> right it doesn't mean oh maybe i should go call like fucking okay well i gotta play girls. devil's advocate Uh-oh. here tim okay is that we don't know because it could mean something that's there's always the possibility that's well, where well, that's what I he's playing that, off that, of and that is what makes these shows right yeah. <laughs> and that's this whole construct that it's based on that idea yeah it's like it's probably not real but the the what well what if it is it mm-hmm. still kind of exists okay it's the unexplainable that's really what we're they're getting and so so to me the second one with this cameraman that maybe that's a oh fuck we should have looked this up but i'd like to see who that guy is mm-hmm. and if he's an actor because <laughs> because he gives a pretty good performance mm-hmm. and it's unsettling like watch i think what it is ultimately is regardless of anything watching somebody flip out is unsettling and like 
the aggressive sort of flip out. Right. In the it's ho- like when it's like anytime you're fucking out and about and you see somebody who's really fucked up, like whether they're doing drugs or drunk or whatever, like it's scary to be around because they're completely unpredictable. Well, yeah. When that cameraman's flipping out and we see Zach and the other cameraman reacting, yeah. you said like, oh, they're really upset or they, like they're, they're actually if if they're acting, they're selling that they are unsettled and like. Uh, you know, freaked out by this really well. And that's the thing that gets, okay, here's what works for me is like Zach Bagans, he's his appeal. He's like, seems so phony yet simultaneously is just seems to be so authentically him, which to me in a nutshell is this ghost investigation stuff. He's able to bridge a thing that I think is really interesting. And I think it's why there's a broad appeal mm-hmm. in his – he is a dork. Yeah. He, in actuality. And he – and outwardly, he'll talk about it where he'll he'll talk about getting emotional and like having like weird feelings or like – he's very open in a way that like is not masculine, not right. like quintessential like tough guy masculine. But he's inside this image of the tough guy. Right, his like um, skeleton uh, exactly uh, uh, glove, which is sort of you know it's sort of a existing I guess just trope in the world. It's like the sensitive motorcycle right. guy so when or he whatever. Says you know he's what I mean? Feeling this way, you know, or when he's coming out about how he feels, and then with the exact same tonality is talking about how I flipped out and started yelling at my camera band. You know, <laughs> right, right. it's this where's th- it blurs the line. But this is an archetype that's really, really popular in in culture. It's it's Don Draper, mm-hmm. right? It, in it, it's Charlie Hunnam in in Sons of Anarchy. It's the tough it's the like tough exterior, sensitive inside guy who who's kind of always conflicted yeah that's who he's presenting it may be who he is but there is a fucking broad appeal to that for some reason and just just because i almost almost lost the thought wanted to say when you're talking about how he was reacting to things and like trying to isolate again the appeal in that all so he's what gets me is if he's actually acting and performing that seems like he's that would suggest he's more talented than his filmmaking suggests. Agreed. So, so, so I would that, say it, he is not acting. So there's an intrigue in that disparity. Like it's right. inherently sort of want makes you want to believe him. Like it's it's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot. who he is, mm-hmm. I think. It's just that's the that's the persona that he has formed over the years. Yeah. You know, because they. Look, they started this thing in in like '03 or something like that. I think that's about it because they had a a, a documentary film was what broke them. They went to the Washoe Hotel, I think it's Washoe or something like that. I, I don't remember. It's in Utah or Colorado or somewhere, and just they just broke in and filmed shit. And the big sort of like holy fuck and why the movie got you know, 
some attention was because there's a couple scenes where shit like like a brick literally oh, flies yeah. through the I air. watched so I sent it to you but red letter media reviews Demon House and <laughs> the host Mike like he's kind of like you goes off on his guilty pleasure love for this stuff yeah and I saw the clips of the brick being thrown <laughs> right and so like for all anybody knows that first documentary was also a hoax and they've just been riding that's how they do it and mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's TV, so fucking whatever, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're into it. Um, but ultimately, they, they've they spent, a, you know, whatever that is, 15, 18, uh, 16 years, something like that, doing this thing. So, yeah, he's really cultivated this, <laughs> this persona. Yeah. <laughs> so, something else that says, I'm trying to isolate, like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I say that, this is, I thought, was a good example, like, that style, still trying to break down its style. We gave um example of the, what they do when the guy says, let me in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this, we were, when we were talking about society, how we differ in our appreciation of camp, hmm. I think this is camp that you <laughs> can and do appreciate. Sure. But yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but it's it's, a, an, it's such a specific kind of camp where yeah, it's just it's, so dumb, right? Because they are it, they're more sincere in it. It's not like society mm-hmm, right, where right. it's like, oh, this is fun, <laughs> but we know it's stupid. Yeah, they actually are being serious, but it's just so hokey. Yeah, I. It's an interesting thing to try and put your finger on, because I, like I said, I, I almost wonder. Would we would we feel like we're losing something if it didn't have any of those stylistic choices of you know whatever you want to call it the effects and stingers and sound effects and whatever? Um, I think personally I would like it more, but maybe not. As far as like the commercial break audience, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, yeah. So I don't know. Outside of that. Here's a couple of things that I think are working just for the actual story. Um, this this recurring sort of idea that somebody slept or uh, multiple people would sleep in this basement room is really unsettling to me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just because basements are inherently creepy and dark well, and underground and all of that works. I I actually wish they had kind of explored that room more. Yeah, that I think got at what was that's representative of what was one of the more interesting sort of ideas that mm-hmm. he introduces. And I think you know a lot of people living together in a house of squalor, including having to live in this you know asbestos written yeah. basement, is gets at. He mentions you know this is poverty stricken America. It's it was this is yeah. representative of America as a whole, this town, Gary, Indiana. And it's what what's works as far as the story of like it's evil getting isolated to this location mm. because of that it reminded me of Ghostbusters 2. The story yeah, yeah. was very Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. And that I think is appeals like where we can't see I mean, you can see it manifested like the fear and quote unquote evil of just squalor and how the world allows this to exist. So to have it manifested in something isolated, I think on some level, like 
rings true to us because it's then some it's because we feel it and we know it's real in a way we can't really you know put you know yeah. what i mean well i th- i think that there's a broader thematic sort of reality cultural reality to this type of um outlook it's it's kind of why we we create stories to 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 make sense of the things that either are good or or shitty in our lives like that's largely how lore and folklore comes about right so in a way it feels and i think that we could discuss the 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 negative side of this as well but i think part of what's happening and part of the the appeal i guess for the storyteller or the story creator is to justify in a way why you're in poverty it's almost a validation of this is a not a great environment and if you can explain that then it makes it a little bit more okay so in this particular example you know if you're fairly hyper religious and you know believe in god and the devil and you live in poverty saying that the de- you know the bad things that are happening in your life are caused by the devil and in a more magnified way in this particular household you know it's a portal to hell it's it's almost like a metaphor for your life you're saying like my life is not great like we live in shitty conditions and people don't have jobs and it's it's almost a way to provide an explanation right. for the shittiness which is in exactly life. what the social service people why they separated the kids from the mother for mm-hmm. like half a year or whatever yeah. was because they just say that that's what she was doing is sort of using her religious beliefs to justify you know a yeah. manifestation of of um unhealthy whatever but i don't know i you're you're I don't know to bring it back to Ghostbusters too. Yeah. I feel like there's it's for me this kind of story aside from like what I just said I think leans much more the direction of it's not the it's it's what's already there causing this demon presence. But it's that's not, kind of my point. It's it's like by saying that you're skirting reality. You're you're using an a supernatural explanation for all of the woes, you know what I mean? And it's been around forever. I mean, the metaphor sort of carries on. But I'm saying, but the ordering of it is, okay, we're in a bad situation here. This is a horrible place we live. It's been this way for years. And then all of a sudden this happens. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's impossible to dissect without kind of, all the information in right. a way. Well, I'd be more, yeah. And this, and but this is a this is a story trope in in horror films for the, that's been around forever. It's it's I think the Haunting in Connecticut does this where it's like that whole movie. I think it's that one is an is a metaphor for child abuse, mm-hmm. and like the haunting is revealed to be not a haunting at all it's it's sort of the world i think i'm remembering this one right but i is the world that we've seen in the stories that uh, of of like scary shit happening is all in the mind of the kid who's been abused as a way to sort of compartmentalize 
her, her or his, I don't actually, this is a long time ago, but her abuse, let's say it's a girl. And that, that type of storytelling has been around for a long time. And I think that this is falling kind of into the same category, even just on its sort of broad stroke surface. And that's fine. I think that's actually cool. It's never really explored in any sort of direct way in yeah. this movie. But I think that that the sense of that exists within this movie. Right. And I, you know, it's well, it's cool. All right. I want I want to clarify a reference point here, Tim, of who's talking to us. Because you started the show referring to a previous time when you said you have seen a ghost. So <laughs> that's true. What does that mean to you? It doesn't mean anything because I don't know what the fuck it was. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying like, what, I can't explain it. But great. So what is that? Had that not happened, did that happening affect how you watch this stuff at all? No. Not at all. It ha That's why I find it actually quite strange is because it had no... I always thought that if I were to experience something, that I would be sort of forever changed by that experience. And in this particular case, I, it, I just was like, I don't know. So that you thing. basically went from an open-minded person to an open-minded person. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Which means you're... <laughs> and again, how we've talked about this before... I think open-minded people are the biggest skeptics there are. Sure. Because you're being skeptical to all beliefs, not just what you want to believe and not believe. Correct. So I can still say, even though I saw what I saw, like my brain translated the light that I was seeing into a thing, I can still say that that might be my brain misfiring, you know, and say it was just light play like that's certainly in the realm of possibility it's fucking crazy that that if that's true See, that's the thing and we're gonna get into in the things of note that seems more crazy to me than actually something going on that just our science can't explain <laughs> sure yet. sure yeah so i'm I'm kind of just neutral still about it. I'm like, yeah, I saw that thing. It's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you remember the early South Park episode, Corn Spooky Pirate Ghost Mystery? Oh, yeah. You don't like South Park. I just where never watch it. It's a Scooby-Doo spoof. Oh, yeah. We're like corn I love Scooby-Doo. Yeah. This... Maybe that's why I like ghost shit. Yeah, because I grew up Scooby watching Scooby-Doo. It's always the twist at the end. But they're like showing how they did each of the things. And they're like, um, you know, how they faked this Scooby-Doo ghost. Mm -hmm. And they're like, and with this flashlight and this gerbil, I forget what it is, but just like an object or a tiny animal and a flashlight and like a twig. Mm -hmm. And they shine the flashlight on it. And all of a sudden it's just this like fully formed apparition <laughs> yeah, yeah, person. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's what that sounds like to me when you yeah. say it was just my brain processing light a certain way. Cause what you saw was too specific. It was very specific. <laughs> so it's like, well, if that's the case, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But on the flip side, you know, to the Scooby-Doo reference, I actually saw a meme yesterday that I was like, yeah, that's that's true. And it was like Scooby-Doo taught us that the that the monster is always a human. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always Mr. Fucking so-and-so and actuality. That was what always like let me down are about Scooby-Doo. The worst you know, monsters out there. Like I was always hoping that <laughs> I wanted the case. <laughs> right, right. They're like the, the Scooby-Doo movies, not the live action ones, but yeah. like the extended cartoons. I yeah, think, with Scrappy and yeah, where I those think usually like, actually had ghost ghosts. I like those. Yeah. So where, I, where are we? <laughs> I liked what 
<laughs> I think what sort of it's funny what hooks you is that at this kind of I don't that's so it's, it means sounds mean to say stupid level, but like whatever level this is operating low on, brow. Thank you. Which you know I love, but mm-hmm. in this case, I think, and again, and when it's talking about delivering a story, I'm not as crazy about. But um, in its own lowbrow way, it does try to address any like immediate skepticism towards bigger things. So it's like yeah. when you we we see something across the camera and we immediately go. That just looks like a finger over it. Sure. What are we talking about? It's like, we brought in our expert. And then the first right. thing he says, well, this doesn't, I can say for sure this isn't a finger over the camera yeah. because, yeah. you know, they operate yeah, they, at they know. that very baseline level, right. which keeps you just in it enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of that, the devices that have become commonplace in these shows, like the expert showing up and, you know, like I still... Every time they go, oh, an orb, I'm like, get the fuck out of here with your orbs. Like, people, But when we were watching it, I'm like, like there's an the orb. Go, oh, <laughs> yeah. there's an orb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, because I'm expecting them to be like, see that orb? Um, <laughs> so it's almost like playing off of their excitement. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same reason where I'm like, it's a goat. Because yeah. they've laid the groundwork <laughs> for that shit. <laughs> You're expecting them to... To yell about it. And that's what's sort of amusing to me and like fun about it is that they they're in a way they're having fun, mm-hmm. like in their extreme way, yeah. yelling and being in like being scared or whatever, because I, I think you're right. It's like in a way I think they regardless of the reality, they are buying in in a in a really f- intense way so it seems so i don't know if they believe what they're saying is legit or if they just are really enjoying the ride right and sometimes that's made just so like okay if zach if we're seeing the security footage of zach like freaking out and yelling at the other cameraman Mm -hmm. and then he says like i don't know what happened you know that's more than just him kind of you know just kind of telling half truths that's a full commitment thing to do so that's (laughs) yeah yes i don't know something about what you just said made me want to well and this is sort of what will i think what you're getting at in things of note is like can we pick that apart Mm -hmm. and be like if you were gonna if you're gonna fake that what are the steps that that you take to make that that's what i want to talk about and i think that's a really interesting conversation to have um so what else do you have there specifics that just tickled me so hard were when (laughs) he's first talking about like this goat how it's a goat demon thing yeah and he says that's when so and so called me and told me it was an eight out of ten on the demon scale or whatever (laughs) that scale was and it's like it is the, the why not abs- just make it a ten out of ten? The and- absurdity <laughs> to everybody in his world's conviction, you know, of like we know there's at least two hundred demons in there. It's like it's such fucking conjecture, you know. It's like we brought in this expert, you know, uh, a clairvoyant, and they said for sure there's two hundred demon entities there. It's like what? So I want to play devil's advocate to that, but when we get to ironically, what did not work? Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but I think that there's something endearing about that aspect of the buy-in. Yeah. You know, they, they're so unwavering about their conviction. 
I I mean, we've already mentioned there's this slew of kind of side characters, the police department, Captain Charles Austin, uh, Valerie Washington, the mm-hmm. case manager, Father Mike Maginot, Maginot, I don't know. But anyway, these this trio of people, I mean, I do get in it and love about it is like, I have no reason to like this, this police captain of however many years when I'm just sort of thinking, okay, where where's his interest in faking this all? You know, he's he seems I don't know, you're you're yeah, you're you're snickering. I just but there's always this element with this type of thing of like he's, especially in a small town. Okay, he think about how fucking exciting it would be to be in a movie. I could see him getting involved in that inadvertently out of a certain gullibility on his part. But he yeah. didn't strike me as someone who's malicious or... No, no, I don't think that. I think it's just, it's exciting to yeah. be a part of this type of thing. That You know, the Hollywood dudes show up and... But no, here, but here, all of this happened way before any documentary or story broke. Fuck, yeah, that's true. <laughs> he went in just trying to help these people and, like, didn't want any of it. And then said, uh, yeah, saw weird stuff going on in this house. Hmm. Like, I don't know if yeah. it was him, but we had a couple police. This is what got me. There's a couple police officers during one of the main exorcisms. They're standing by. And no wonder, like, Blumhouse or whoever would want the story rights to this. That's incredible yeah. to have these, like, local cops taking part in, like, okay, we're still doing our duty as cops. But what we're doing here is we're standing by to hold this 12-year-old down when they become mm-hmm. too violent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's at minimum really fascinating. The, that's what I'm saying. What works for me. The yeah. susceptibility. So it, if you just said it's all bullshit, let's just say, you know, in, in a world where it's all bullshit, all of these people that you're referring to, they're the suggestibility of this potentially being legit or real is so strong for them. Like they're so suggestible as just humans. And that idea I think is, it is sort of why I think we like this stuff is because given your level of suggestibility, but it's the same, that, that um, personality trait or whatever, suggestibility thing, you know, there it's a super slippery slope. That was really hard to say. Just now. Um, because the suggestibility factor can fall very, very quickly into complete insane conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And people who are susceptible to suggestibility on that scale, the f- more suggestible you are, the more you're willing to buy into like completely irrational uh, conspiracy shit. I wonder. And so, yeah. you know, there's, I think there's play in that. And, you know, we don't know the reality, but they might have asked 10 different cops that were in some way involved in this case originally. And this guy's the one who is more suggestible. And it was like, yeah, I'll, I'll tell my version of this. 
And his version is based on his suggestibility. Right. But in I'm, the first place, that's a good example. But as far as this case specifically, this um, you hear her talk about it, like when she's interviewed the main the, the reporter who wrote this lengthy expose, mm -hmm. she's like uh, the, the news reporter kept saying to her, like, well, what do you think? But what do you think? And all she said is all I did. And I, all I'm doing is presenting the facts as I found them and leaving through to decide whatever they want on their own. Yeah. So. Anyway, she just, her, how it's written, she was mentioning anything that could give us doubt. So she would have said, these other nine officers all said this, though. I see. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a it's a cool exploration in, like, folklore and and how, you know, whether this is people in a small town are more prone to buy into folklore or, or not. I don't yeah. know if that's the case, but there seems to be a little bit of, you know, a suggestion of that, at least it in seems, this particular case. It's, all, it's a very prescient story. And I think in our world of the, the shrinking middle class, yeah. uh, wealth disparity and racism a lot too. Yeah, There's, definitely. you could write a good college paper on, on this film Yeah, with all that in mind. So, yeah, I, in a way, to me, ultimately, all of that stuff kind of works for yeah. setting this, the tone of this overall story. I think in the end, maybe what I enjoyed most about this is just looking at it as a documentary on Zach Baggins, <laughs> like a personal yeah. documentary, albeit, but it's this sort of this <laughs> snake eating its tail when it's, he's the filmmaker when yeah. how the film is being presented is saying something about him. I also which I kind of already touched yeah. on earlier, but I think it's very telling the fact that this took so long to make, <laughs> you know what he I mean? Says, like, because it was cursed. Right. Yeah, exactly. But that's, <laughs> again, that's, correlation without causality is Not that the way you him. say that yeah okay i feel like i always do it backwards should we move on um i want to ask you a question um did it work for you every time zach walks alone and has a voiceover <laughs> I think that I could put in it works and didn't work for me. <laughs> Man, because it really works for me. I mean, I think that as of what I just said about this being <laughs> like Zach making a film starring himself, it just becomes kind of both fascinating and entertaining in a certain way. There's something but then at the same time. I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Should we get into that more dude come on side of things? Yes. Okay. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> I mean, I already mentioned in my overview at the beginning when rating it, how it just doesn't engage me on the investigative level. No. I like so that was there you know it doesn't so okay so I guess we're going to talk about big in big terms or dissect the style of it and what's that what that's doing but I think what I want to say most about that right now is well okay it's it's <laughs> obviously manipulative Winner. totally yet it's 
yet it's not for who we are as an audience. It may, just puts us, this is my main thing that doesn't work for me about this thing as a whole, is like we as viewers, we know better than this style at this point. Like, yeah, we're also still connected to just being able to be entertained by it in the trashiest of television ways. But it, I think this is the problem. Like, this, this style is what perpetuates people not taking seriously sure. what is the currently unexplainable. Yeah, even, like, the disclaimer at the beginning, it's, it's actually a disservice to the, to the movie, yeah, I think. It's, it's like... What I, I forget exactly what it says, okay. but it's sort and of, so it's I, just too, it's too on the nose. Yeah. I asked, we talked about this before and you may have guessed, but like I asked him where he was at and seen a ghost and stuff like that. So where I'm at is I think there is a middle ground that people are for some reason don't see or adverse to that. You don't have to say, I believe in ghosts or I don't believe in ghosts, right. whatever the hell that means. First of all, I think it's presumptuous to assume you know what that means at all when you say one direction or the other. Definitely, That's where I stand. And then I think it's like, I, what's crazy to me is to think we live in a world where everything, where we have science is further far enough that we can explain everything about the universe and reality. Wait, say that again. What's crazier to me than thinking that, than just than you, uh, the idea of, I guess, quote unquote ghost is thinking that. Oh, that science, science has knows. reached its end yeah, all yeah, and where science is going to go. That's super crazy to think. Right. So I say I'm open to believing in anything really yeah. And um, I think that's a middle ground that people sort of are afraid to be in. I don't know. But that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> well, yeah. every Like, everybody wants to be able to say, I know what a thing is. Yeah. I mean, we do it with each other all the time, right? You you know people and you you decide that they're a certain way. And that's just a mechanism to feel confident right. about your surroundings, well, right? Well, that's... This is, again, I think what's scary about all this is there's the inherent paradox of this. Right. Tim, like first meeting you, there are truths about how you make me feel that mm -hmm. are truths. But that doesn't mean what you just said isn't also true. Exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that's my biggest problem with this style is that if we're ever going to like further the discussion scientifically like oh this, this is what i referred to earlier what i want to talk about this in this section when you were like um you have this cast of characters who are these you know outside scientists and stuff and, and people who are super into this enthusiastic when i brought up how it's an eight out of ten on the demon scale <laughs> yeah like okay if but if there was something to this how else would those people look it's our it's our preconceptions that are making them like actually be crazy. Like if they their their viewpoint themselves is that they're just interested in this topic, they're open to believing it, or maybe as far as you know, do believe in something. It's well, that's it, why I think here, that the science guys are the one that we I feel the most sort of like intrigue about is because. He's one of the only people in the entire movie who sort of says, look, man, I, I don't know what this shit is. It's it's weird. Like right. this stuff happening is is pretty f unusual I, and weird. And I'm basing it off of data. And yeah, it's freaky. Well, I guess what but he gets caught up in it, too. He starts saying <laughs> yeah. like once he start his organs start failing, he starts buying the causality 
like line of thought. And it's like, dude, sometimes. Well, the po- it seems like the possibility is then there for him. And that's what starts right. to question his, he starts yeah. to question his reality. I guess what I'm trying to say, and it's still hard to say is like the fact these, there's no other way that these people could exist and be accepted by people who don't accept them. Whoa. I'm not sure I understood that. There's what's, there's no other way in these people either exist or they don't. And in the eyes of people who think they're stupid or ridiculous or crazy, there's no possibility for them not thinking they're stupid, ridiculous, and crazy. Like, sure. <laughs> that just frustrates me. Like, would you? I get what you're saying. You know? Yeah, it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's what frustrates me about this. But there are things in this movie that make, that, that the filmmakers do that undercut our ability to buy in exactly and that's a huge fucking problem that's what i'm here's my here's a really overt example (laughs) there is footage as far as we're told there's police footage that when cps went back to look through the house they filmed on you know a camcorder or an iphone or whatever because it was 2011 sure 2011 so those things existed? Yeah. Um, in that footage that we're being shown, they added in post, the filmmakers added in post a filter to make it look like it's old film footage. They added like a little line on the left side right. as if it were grainy film. And it's like, dude... What are you doing? I think what we're ready for and what I want and why this is all this that we've been saying so far in this section is coming from how it's a disservice to, I think, people's intelligence. Yes. To to embrace this style so hard. And I think we're ready for what I want to see is like legit. Uh, what do you call it? Prestige TV, HBO style. Yeah. Like, you know, the jinxed style documentary on this stuff. Yeah. yeah like people who are not it's always hard to get for for i think me and i think a lot of people to get behind the the person who has bought in fully Mm -hmm. like i i and and you know they've done an okay job at times with saying you know hey maybe maybe the way we see it isn't the reality or whatever, or they'll call out things that get debunked. You know, like I said earlier, you hear the ice machine. They could, and I, there, there's a, this is such a, well, it's a semi-tangent. There was a show called Ghost Mine, like M-I-N-E. Okay. Meaning like gold mine <laughs> that was haunted and it was on Discovery and I was really into it. This it's is like all 20, about this one mine. One mine, yeah. So there, so some guy bought the mine to to see if maybe they could get in there and and find gold again. And the premise of the show is that the reason that mine has gone untouched for so long is because of all of the lore about it being haunted that nobody wanted to buy it for like the last 70 years or whatever. So it's in real disrepair and uh, you know deaths had happened like in any mine and that it's been haunted and people don't want to deal with it. So some D- young dude who had a bunch of money bought it up and then also hired this paranormal investigative crew to 
get in there with them at the same time to see if it's also haunted because that's, I don't know, what he thought would be <laughs> cool to do. In that show, in one of the episodes, you see <laughs> they sh- – they cut to a shot they find you know they find little trinkets and shit and it i actually thought most of the show was pretty well done and fun but at a certain point there is a shot of a guy stepping next to a fucking human skull in the mine and then the it was in like one of the promos or in like the coming up you know coming up on this like a pre commercial break they show that shot and i was like oh shit like they found a human skull that's pretty sweet it's never addressed in the show. And I immediately – this is like the first time I ever used Twitter. I like got on Twitter, took a screen grab of that frame of the show with the skull in it and sent it to the host of the show, the guy who's like the lead <laughs> investigator, and was like, yo, what is – like you guys are just going to ignore the fact that there's a skull in this f- shot? <laughs> what the hell? And he responded. Uh-huh. And he was like – his, his response was super lame. It was like, oh, yeah, you know, a lot of stuff goes on when we're filming these shows and you can't all like not all of it makes it into the episode. I'm like, bro, this I, is the episode. You're if like, you found a skull. That's the episode. Right. So you're, the, you're like, yes, I know that. But that's why I'm asking you what it is. Right. <laughs> and like a bunch of people, you know, started a conversation on Twitter about like how fucking stupid and and bullshit it is that his response and like you know so it this is all to say that these shows often set themselves up to belie the fact that the that there could be interesting factual things happening by by then why have the fucking frame of the show in the promo part like you know it's gonna fucking because you think it's exciting and then you never what are you getting at here with this show i'm getting at any of these devices like the film filter thing it undercuts the credibility of the show and it's like you already know that this is in like people are going to come into this skeptical and and thinking it's bullshit yeah and you're actively doing a thing that is going to fan the flame of skepticism whether it's the hokey reenactments the music exactly all that stuff like don't like stop doing that version of the show but that's who zach is which is the fascinating thing about this all well it makes me wonder like actually this is this confirms that this is who zach is rather than that the travel channel who hosted ghost adventures was the driving force of the tonality of yeah. the show it's like no actually no that's this is because it says right on the fucking trailer and the poster a zach bacon film <laughs> yep and it is so all of that to me that's the big problem i, I it doesn't work and it actually the t- having the fucking climax of the of the movie be a camera going out of focus and having a shadow thing flip behind it it just all that says to me is nothing happened and we have to come up with a way to make something seem like it happened. So how do we do that without, you know, show, right. It's not like know, we showing see Zach guy. in the same shot too. It could have just been him going by. Yeah. Could have been anything. Exactly. I know that was the most convenient thing that was just too much for me. Like, 
all of the, that's the annoying thing about I know, this stuff. All of it's them like, suffer from this. It is it is always so anticlimactic. Yeah. You know, they yeah, well, build see, up to this thing and then the that's thing to is me, like, so oh, then don't whatever. stop trying to adhere to this structure. Yes. Like there's other interesting stuff about this to delve into. It doesn't have to be this here are all the clues, but then and then but wait. And then fake a big climax yeah. that's not even there. Yeah. It sucks. Start the movie with that stuff. I don't know. There's that's, that's, that's an extreme. There's got to be a better way to do this stuff. I mean, because here's the thing: at the, like, what it makes me want to do as a filmmaker is make a movie that is playing off of the 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 trope of the guy who is a hoaxer. Or just how about just the trope of the style? I think you yeah. we should do a documentary like using Zach Bagan's style, you know, even indirectly him as a jumping off point. But I want to take that one step further and then have the fourth wall of the world that Zach is creating. We get to see behind that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that I'd like to be like when they turn the cameras off the characters that exist outside of the, the performance. Yeah, I want to see them. Right. And see, like, what their deal is. Which doing reenactments is the opposite. Ugh. I fucking hate reenactments. They're so hokey in this one, too. And he keeps showing it, like... Yeah, how many times did we see that kid crawl up the wall? (laughs) He just owns it so much, though. (laughs) Like, okay, I mean, this is a way to put everything we've just said is... said (laughs) he doesn't do anything to gain our trust. Like, as you said, he's only doing... (laughs) stuff to doubt it like that's what you'd want to do just as a filmmaker like he does the little things as i said where it's like has the person come on who lets us know is an expert on letting us know if it's a finger or not on the front of the camera it's the same not the same thing it's the same thing as chris magician chris something chris angel Angel. yeah it's the same thing these dudes believe that they have to live inside of their conviction so fully yeah that like that that's the only way to exist yeah, he never bothers saying like here's where i'm at with all this stuff exactly he just it's, is just going again, it's We're a in foregone it. conclusion that he knows all and like is fully in or not we don't know that's true he doesn't <laughs> say i'm 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 taking making that assumption i guess yeah <laughs> fuck um but don't I don't you want to see a version of this type of thing where it's somebody being like, look, man, we don't fucking know what's going on. Yeah. But we're going to do everything we can He's to just, just present you yeah. with our experience. He just seems so uninterested in that. That's what's <laughs> yeah. so fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> um, Like kind of what I said, I wanted to know more about the story. I wish this film got into more about like the backstory of this house specifically when was it built we lived here before anything yeah, that there's could just none of that give us our give us an ability to make our own jumps and conclusions as right. to just like even though we're ragging on that that's what's sort of fun too is like give us give us just the facts about more things yeah there's something to be said about weaving the tale of the history yeah and actually a lot of the ghost adventures stuff goes into like the actual historical stuff. And yet in the movie version, we're not getting almost any of it. It's just, 
Well, Tim, you know, there's a lot that we can't fit in the film. That's how <laughs> right. it um, his, I wanted to know more about his decision to destroy the house, too. Like, I've seen clips of him after the fact talking about it, and it's kind of mm. obvious. But in the film, it just kind of played. It was funny. It's just like all of a sudden it's there. It is getting destroyed. Like, I never felt like like, yeah, I guess it should be a given that if we buy he's having extreme mm-hmm. eye pain and has to have serious corrective surgery because of it oh. and almost went blind that, that that's reason enough for him to want to destroy it but it, it's this was it was again, this kind of this correlation leap. without like doesn't imply causation yeah causality right like but it still felt like a leap to all of a sudden him destroying it somehow maybe walking around in the dark for the last 16 years <laughs> and trying to focus on things and having a fucking LED screen a tiny little green LED screen in front of your face fucked your eyes up or how about could we at least address it's Occam's razor? It's so much more likely that it's something like that than a fucking demon. Could we could we but Tim, five other people had things happen to them entered this house. Dude, I mean I could go just do a random survey of people on the street okay. and we could find a correlation. Here's the thing. Here's I, I there's a friend of mine made a film, nothing to do with paranormal ghosts. Mm-hmm. It's just a film about how this woman uh, had crazy, almost freak accidents happen to people around her. Mm-hmm. Yet, yeah, okay, but there's still crazy coincidence like within there. You know, I don't know. Yes. I, God, what am I trying to say? Well, it's like we, it's the it's the story that it's the story narrative that we we are trying to make sense of things all the time. And so when we see patterns, we are way more prone to be like, hey, there's a pattern. It, it's just scientifically, it's bad science to correlate those things. It, for like, I got rear-ended driving twice in the last eight months, right? Like you could be like, if it happened a third time, it's like, oh, well, then there's a pattern. It's a thing. It's like, no, I just drive a lot. That's but I'm saying. So that's but that is a correlation then. It is. But it's 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 not a correlation so much. It is a, a um, it's a probability. But is it, it but it? I don't think that that right. It's a probability. But we know I'm pretty sure in the scientific method, that's not enough to base something on. No, like if we say if we, you and I can agree on two accidents have happened to you because you're driving all the time, we're like, oh, yeah. But what's frustrating is then we can't use that as proof. It's weird. Like, it's obviously, <laughs> obviously, that's why that's the probability. It's, you know, I'm putting it's like if you're going to stand outside more, then it's more likely that you'll get hit by lightning. Mm-hmm. Right, like that's just probability. But then, what those those cases where someone gets hit by lightning twice, <laughs> like two of my professors, really? I I knew three people in my college who had been hit by lightning. No way. Two of them had been hit twice. No way. You know, granted, the... it's more likely to get hit a second time once you've been hit. Really? First time. Yeah. Why? I don't know. But the uh, that no, those the, odds are crazy. No, the odds go up once you've been hit once. No way. Yeah. It's it's the same. Just as far as, I you don't know, remember, based on cases of lightning uh, strikes? I don't know. I think it's based on probabilities. The probability of instances that we've had of people getting struck by maybe, lightning. Maybe. Because you'd because think it like, would go it's up more, to like it's more a likely, billion to one. You're more likely to win the lottery if you only buy two tickets than if you buy like a thousand. 
your your probability of getting the right number goes down. You're just after talking about two. instances that have happened. No, I'm talking about how the math works, the prob- math mathematical probabilities. How does that work? I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. I just know that that's a a, a true thing. I can imagine that being a true thing where it's like, okay, based on these cases, these are the statistics. No, that it's it's based on the math. You say, okay, that doesn't make any sense, though. Well, we'll look it up. Okay. (laughs) I hate how they never brought up again. They say there's asbestos, carbon monoxide leaks and black mold in the house. Never do they get into what the possible like repercussions of that are or bring it up again or, or say if they deal with that like yeah. that's why they knocked the house down <laughs> yeah it's a good reason to yeah. but i mean he also locked himself aborted himself in the house you know that after stuff. he filmed this all of the episodes of ghost adventures now he has to wear a respirator whenever he's in a place that might have mold or anything like really up so, to this point he hadn't done that but he like you know, so it he's was been that, exposed enough that now he's like he has to, and the glasses and the glasses. He has to wear a respirator and so extreme crack. Obviously, glasses. it's Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Not exposure. I heard and one of the things I heard was specifically uh, they had like they looked up the names of the demons. You know, mm. so they were able to say specific ones. But what? Okay, another thing I wish I know. They, I sound like I'm being a, like dismissive of it. I'm not trying to be, but it's like at a certain point you just are like. Be, the style of this makes me at least at a certain point just be like <sighs> right engage us at a level of our skepticism yes that'd be cool so like a way they could have done that better didn't it feel kind of throwaway to mention that there's 200 demons in it <laughs> Yeah. Like, wait, so so it's a story about this goat demon that's haunted his dreams, who he then gets accosted by and wants him, yet there's also 200 demons in there? Where, what? You know, I, that, that bugged me about this. Yeah, because it's just, it's flippant. Mm-hmm. Get, tell us more about, like, okay, have the line. It's like, even though there's 200 demons in this house, I knew this one had it out for me. Yeah, its name is this. And we did this research and we found, like, this reason that it would live in this house or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, build the story for that. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to go goat. Goat, yeah. Let's fucking, like, learn about it. Yeah. Like, tell me some shit. Make me fucking scared of the idea of the goat guy yeah they were it was just it was banking just because it was just in the, his dream just the visual of it just the idea of it is all yeah, it was sort of banking on enough. but we want to have fun let's tell us about it. teach us about it and again why this one why not the 200 other demons what about those other 199 demons that are supposed to yeah. be there <laughs> well and also don't you think that there's sort of a way a better way to go about setting this sort of this premise of the bad guy of the scary the scary unseen thing like i think it's way more interesting storytelling to say you think it's one thing and then to have it be that and more or not even that something way more yeah and that there's it's it actually goes kind of in the opposite direction where it's like it was it was that Trust me. You know what I mean? It's like, well, that's nothing then. He doesn't 
say trust me he just says it though but that's my point is like he's just assuming that we're just we're gonna buy that the thing that walked by the camera that was out of focus was the goat guy because he said so well he yeah no he didn't say so about that he just it just happened you mean at he doesn't say after he does he says after the fact he's like this figure that i saw that walked by Uh, the camera was the the goat guy got it I mean, we heard it. Remember After it? all that. Remember all it, it does it is went, walk by right, him. Right before it walked by, it went, Zack. <laughs> no, I know. I, I, I meant as far as him telling us what it was, but he does I feel say, like he says it yeah. afterwards when he's sort of doing the full-on recap of, like, all the things. You know, if uh, even though he almost went blind, it still feels like he got off easy if all it did was just walk in front of him. True. He was mad. He was yelling at it, though. That he was so good. He threw something at it. Yeah. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he just, I, I think his, okay, we're, I know we're in what didn't work, but just to say his appeal again is he's so, <laughs> he, it's not, he's, um, he's always moving forward. He's always marching up again. Like, That's right. You gotta, you gotta admire his tenacity, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Anything else? Should we do things of note, which I think we have a lot for? <sighs> the banal objects under the stairs. That's another example. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's true. That whole thing of like jumping from, yeah, there's dirt over here to like, that's not, you know, you don't see that in a basement. Yes, I've I've been in um, lots of basements that part of it is, is you know, has a well, here, cement not, floor okay. and then some of it's dirt. Why not just tell us the objects are in it normally? Why does it have to be like, and then that's when, right. and then he's reading off the objects and it feels like, right. So I found panties and it's dun, 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 dun. Yeah. A fingernail. It never adds up to anything. It's just like, oh, those are just arbitrarily like odd things to right. be in so the, the pile just together. Just let us know casually. Why do you have to make a big, make a big It's a portal it? to hell. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, what? That's yeah. a fucking leap and a half. Maybe some weird dude liked to collect fucking weird things and bury it, bury it in the basement. Like. That's freakier. Yeah. Who was that guy? Right. Just Why do you do that? Just give us the info. What was his thing? You don't have to color it so hard, Zach. Did he really like pink Lee Press-On nails? <laughs> like, or was that just, he just happened to find one? Okay. All right. How about it? Things of note? Okay. Let's go. Things of note! <laughs> this should be interesting. Okay, so this is, you know, I, I said I watched the Red Letter Media review yes. of this, which was great. You should watch it. I will. Um, the, yeah, Mike, he made a really good point, I think, about these shows. Like, yeah, we've talked about just this, how the style does a disservice to it. But even if the style was something that would engage us more and that we want to see, what he said is with these shows, which I think holds true, with, even if it's better, is like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't as far yeah. as... If it's something that's too like little or whatever, we're just kind of underwhelmed and write it off as nothing. And if it's too much, then we write it off as nothing because it's too much. Like right. there's a sweet spot that's rarely hit. Yeah, Some yeah. and that maybe that's what you're holding out to. But just to any um anyone who's like close minded about this, I don't want to mm-hmm. say who's a skeptic, 
Because again, if you're a skeptic, then you should be skeptical to the idea that science as we know it now is all there is to it. Yeah. Um, so if you're close minded about this stuff, then yeah, I don't know. Think about that. Right. Like, is there, is there anything that would convince you one way or the other to at least be open-minded? And I don't think there is with those people because you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, you know? Right. Right. True. So there's a, there's an aspect of the credibility factor that plays into that. Yeah. And unfortunately, just saying that you're the world's, you know, the world's foremost <laughs> researcher on paranormal doesn't make it true. Like you've done a show right. a bunch. Like that's not re. I mean, it's a form of research. If you want but to it's convince a, us, like, Zach, that you are, show us the doubts you have about yourself and show us data. Like actual, like do a study, like a peer reviewed fucking study yeah. that like other people can like attempt to recreate and show their results, you know? Okay, like, but to, to bring, I guess the point I was trying to make, and this is things of note, what is interesting to us. I just thought that it was interesting that if, that even if these shows were better and could try to get people to like be more open yeah. to, to the stuff it feels like they they couldn't be because yeah if it's too little evidence it's if it's something small it's too little evidence and if it's something that's yeah. too big then it's seem then that means it's unrealistic so well, it's and, not real yeah and it's right? also yeah. it's also the it it is the um your producing entertainment that is targeted at the median you know wide who who can we capture the, the widest net. And so they're going to be in that weird sort of middle ground of like, you know, if it's too science-based, it's Nova and your viewership is very small. And if it's too over the top, it's, I don't know YouTube what it would be. Something. Yeah, it's YouTube or something. And there's, you know, people don't really get on board. I so, mean, wait, can you get more over the top than this though? I think it's, you know, if it's over the top, TV, it's Zach Bagans. Yeah, but it's for yeah, but you're you're targeting a enter it's for entertainment. Right. And I think that sort right. of that in a way makes it, it it I don't know. It's a wide net audience. You're trying to appeal to lots of people. So you're so you're using sort of the t the reality TV construct or what they believe is catching the most people the most exciting thing yeah as opposed to like i don't know what's a really fucking amazingly well done show that people are always like how come more people don't know about this you know like that kind of thing exists mm -hmm. um and i'd be more interested in a version of this that leans into that realm i'm not actually sure how you do that or like what that means no, specifically we've, we've but, been saying that this yeah. whole time yeah so, but I just wanted to bring up even that I don't think would get to certain people any better. No, I think it, yeah. I think then the audience that, well, I don't know. I mean, it's gonna, I was going to say the audience that wants sort of what we're talking about. Which I think is bigger now. I think the bar is higher. I think higher. it is bigger now. I, I agree. Maybe but then like the precedent, the precedent of this that has been set right, so this is targeting a, a, a different group Zach of Zach Bagan's style, we could say, originated like in that fear 
kind of style totally, that totally. TV show. And it's uh, why, my point he, I'm making he's is that's, literally, that's, that's that's 20 years old though. I know he's Ed, he's like Ed Hardy incarnate. You know what I mean? Like he is he's a Von Dutch fucking commercial. <laughs> he's such a like man out of time at this point. Yeah. Right? Like the fucking like barrel-chested tough guy with the black like long-sleeved skin-tight shirt and spiked fucking gelled hair (gasps) like that we've moved on nothing wrong with it i guess but it's just he's it's same with chris angel it's like chris angel's stuck in 1994 or something like that forever yeah and it's like at a certain point like you should adapt and kind of evolve too and the the less he does and I mean, Zach, the less we get on board with him, I think. It's, I know. It's just funny. Like, this is to look at this film and then see 2018 next to it, you know? Oh, my God. I know. Yeah, it's fucking weird. It was filmed in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Like. I feel like we're just repeating. I mean. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So should we get into... I just really want my, my best friend to grow. <laughs> yeah, Zach. <laughs> Come on. We do love you, though. Yeah. Come over. Let's talk about it. Please. Let's be that the starting <laughs> off point for the new, the next oh, gen man. of ghost hunting shows. He lives in Vegas, I think. I think that's With where they're buddy, set. Chris Angel, I guess. <laughs> that's right. Maybe that's the problem. He's stuck in Vegas, like Vegas world. Tim, I really think we should go to his museum at some I'll point do together. It. I'll fucking do it tomorrow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that will be our one of our bonus ep- our yes. first bonus episode. Um <sighs> Okay, so let's talk about for people who just want to say this is all BS. Let's which I am open to just as I'm open to other things. I'm, again, I'm, there's a middle ground is okay. And so, I think it's it's a fair thing to think. So, yeah. So, it's a t- it's a produced for entertainment thing for okay, but, but let's right? say but this this film mm-hmm. is connected to a real life case. So what I want to focus right. on is Great. let's pretend this film doesn't exist or use the film as evidence of an expansion of this case. Okay. Now let's you and I only talk about this case. Okay. And I'm the implications it. of it being faked or not. Because again, we could be in the mindset oh, of like, oh, I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is all because, no, no, none of this stuff was, I mean, maybe this was all because of, you could say, the chance of having a Zach Bacon's documentary made out of them. But no, <laughs> you know, is that, the, yeah. there's the first implication of it being faked. Like It's the same reason, like you can go down the pathway in the same way that the Amityville horror sort of house is widely considered a hoax. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's stuff to support that idea. And then there's people who claim otherwise. So as far as, yeah, this one doesn't have that same, um, ho- like officially a hoax label. On no, it, it this doesn't. is still it's an open. Yeah. It's case. probably just too so, recent. All right. So I'm going to sort of say things about the case. And you talk about what that means if it's faked. Okay. Okay. Understood. So the events of this case, again, way before this documentary ever happened, anyone was attached to it there. It's detailed in nearly 800 pages of official police records. Okay. That's interesting. So what would that mean? 
if it's being faked. Mm. That the police bothered to that there that someone had to make up that much information that the police were that gullible or because they wouldn't have done that unless the first order of business would just be to write off, you know, oh, it's just these people, which they try to do first, or these people just have this problem, write it off. Yet they got on board enough to bother giving a police case. So, well, but uh, there's a, th- there's a problem in so far as we don't know what those 800 pages contain. Yeah. Now it could be what well, we, we ke- don't we don't know if there was recurring domestic things happening that that added up to that we don't know if there was you know well, cr- Tim, crime I in wish the neighborhood i had read it now but i, right? I like didn't. we don't know that so it's like it's all just speculation as to like again we're we're making a leap that that because there's 800 pages that it implies that there's 800 pages worth of stuff about haunting okay but that, i mean that that right? is that is what they're that's the implication no it's it's the suggesting stuff that that it contains instances of things they can't explain. Well, look, there's, okay, two, there's okay, a way that you th- can this hoax This one's it, a bad though. example because you're right. We haven't read it ourselves. True, so. but there's, there's a way you could do it. Look, if it's a hoax, mm-hmm. you could easily get 800 pages worth of police reports because you, the hoaxer, are continuously claiming things and calling the police. That alone... You do that 20 times, you've got fucking 500 pages Great. of shit. So, so then if so, this is faked, then hoaxers bothered to call the police yeah. 20 times. Sure. All right. Um, next, we have um, the, per- the the woman who worked with the child's care being saying that she went to a psychiatrist, psychologist afterwards and yeah. was speaking very sincerely about mm-hmm. being traumatized since this event. Well, I think there's a couple factors that exist in this. There's the there's the there's the money factor. You know, if somebody says I'll give you $5,000 to say this. So you you're saying it. that That's these a, poor that this poor family paid three no, city professionals off to fake that they saw this happen in no, the hospital room? No, because that account of her doing that is post it's it's a it's a post fact, right? She she interviewed with Zach saying that that's the result of this experience she had. And I think that she that well, interview, like her leaving and then like going to a psychiatrist and all of that and not living in town anymore. And this no, again, this all happened before the documentary that 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 the thing that happened in the hospital room with those three city officials happened way before the documentary. I know, I know. So who would be paying them in that sense? No, what I'm saying is in this case, she the facts are that soon after she had was involved in this case, she quit that job, moved, and got a psychiatrist or psychologist. Right? Those are those are the only actual facts we know. In the interview that we see with Zach. She's claiming that the reason those three facts happened was because of that case. And I'm saying that she could she could say that because they asked her to say that that's the reason. It could have been any reason. Okay, well, then forget her moving out just about as far as her account. Three city officials shared this account. I 
as a kid, was super, super acrobatic and agile. And I, honest to God, think that you could do essentially what they're claiming as a kid. If you were holding on to somebody... Which he was, yep, the grandma's hand. Exactly. You could you could run your feet up a wall and do a sort of a flippy flop. Right. I really think that you could do that. And if he's, you know, any type of normal kid who likes to have spaz outs or even further is being fed all of this stuff about like, oh, something's wrong with you. And you're like the effect what that, about, that has um, on a kid. What about not the walking up the wall, but quote lifted and thrown into the wall with nobody touching him according to the dcs report yeah that one's weird i don't know i mean have you seen people throw themselves around it can be really freaky but they can do it can they i mean i could jump across the room yeah I mean, doing stunts for acting stuff, I've had to do that. No, but they use, they have a a, a wire. No, I'm saying I've done it without the wire stuff. Like, you can do it. But how they're describing it is like, you So, can't... I think the broader thing about this is it comes back to the suggestibility thing. Mm -hmm. Let's say that those people had seen these things in isolation without ever having been told anything about a haunting, demons, Satan, any of that... And none of them grew up in a community that talked about those religious things as a, as a, you know, a fear point for how they view the world. Mm -hmm. I don't, I think it's, it's a problem. It's, it's, it's Salem witch shit. Once the idea is in your head, you will, you will expand on what you see to such a point to to make it bigger than it was. So does that apply to like what you also say? I guess this. So, okay. So so you're saying if it's faked, then these three officials um, were based on prior modes of belief, um, seeing more than what they saw. Yeah, and then you get into the sort of the problem of. When one person says, oh, my God, did you see that? It was this. The reality shifts because it's exciting and you go, oh, my God, yeah, that is what I saw. And so you get I think there's a term for this when it's like it's group thought or right. something. That, like that is a true thing. So I'm just saying that that could be how the the end sort of story of it came about that, you know, a little idea or a little act happens and then the idea that makes it bigger gets sort of spun and, you know, Okay, so expanded. do you think, do you, now do you think the main woman and family it concerns that they are a victim of that or that they are sincere hoaxers? Because we all have... I don't think we can say. Because, yeah, so you have, you have, um... Like like the instances of what they you know saw and heard being true as far as mm -hmm. like a paranormal activity style with like footsteps appearing. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, and to bring back the cops again too, you had the cops discover oil on the wind the blinds. Mm. They said they li left the room for twenty minutes, then came back in and it was back there. Let's how about that one? Where do you think the oil came from? I don't know, but there's weird shit that happens 
in nature all the time. When you have asbestos combined with black mold, <laughs> when you have combined with carbon monoxide. Yeah. I mean, it's just everything's so circumstantial, right? Like if you were actually trying to hold this up in a court. How about, okay. It's just too circumstantial. For you, Tim Aslan, like, is there a tipping point of things that are, co- when does it stop being coincidental to get you to go, maybe? Like if, if, if there's five instances of people going in here and suffering severe injuries and that's all, you know, that's this coincidence. Okay. Would 5,000 get you to me? It's not about that for me. It's about eliminating the factors of suggestibility. And the way you do that is you have people who know nothing about anything that's been said or thought about the house going in and they have their own experiment. They're just told, here's what you need to do. You need to just film everything and stay there for a week or whatever. Right, so it let, can't be just one night. Let's use the, um, the cameraman is a good example of that because he said he didn't believe in any of this stuff. No, he's not a good example because he's surrounded by people who you are do, suggesting yeah. things to him all the time. And that adds up. Mm-hmm. We're so prone to this stuff. That's the thing. Our brains want to, again, find patterns, justify, you know, ideas, all of those things. So... You have to you have to perform the experiment uh, in isolation, essentially. So, what did you think of? Um, how, how about like the the grandmother who he said, or you know, the woman we're actually hearing talk? He said is the grandmother. Yeah, Rosa. Like her again, the police officer. Just all of them in interview in this film. They if if this is all fake or quote unquote. The implications is they're lot they're all lying or deluded. So I don't think they're all lying. I think a lot of them again believe mm-hmm. these things, but they believe it because of circumstance, right? They've bought in to a way of looking at it. So what and do you think? Conversely, she, yeah. the the other grandmother who we never meet, they do talk about her saying that it's all bullshit. Yeah. So when what do you think it means when the mother and kids reported? That uh, they saw something as far as the kid, like, you know, f- like fully feet above the bed. Again, not like jumping up and down, but they said he was actually levitating feet above the bed. <laughs> Shit, dude. I don't know. That's a freaky one. Yeah. <sighs> um... Because I'm that's 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 the one where I feel like you have to say that they were literally delusional or right like having a a, a, a group hallucination right because that's the one where i used to say it's like oh he was flipping around and that's what they saw and they thought Mm. they saw more because as far as if you're just taking no what they said is that was like steady (laughs) levitated in the air like exorcist style right yeah i don't know that one (laughs) yeah you're you're sort of now you get into the credibility of what somebody claims they saw. It's like, yeah. I don't fucking. So Zach having to wear the glasses the rest of his life. So I looked this up and, you know, it, it, for all intents and purposes that I could find that he legit has this, this issue. But again, like I said before, where it came from. Looking at screens. Is a bit fucking speculative. Yeah. And <laughs> to, to, to imply that it's because 
a, a demon versus any number of other reasons mm-hmm. or just genetics or fucking whatever. So now you also have the family and friends of the main people involved who say things like, I wouldn't go in that house. Does that mean they are just being um, ridiculous, overly cautious? Because at what point are they being, are they not being ridiculous or overcautious if you've had five or more people come out of this place with injuries? Even if it is just coincidence, is that coincidental enough where you're like, those odds are high enough? No, I just think that's the way people look at shit. They're like, I'm just not going to fucking, I'm not going to put myself in, in, it's sort of the, it's sort of the skeptics, like next logical step in a way. It's like, I don't know. I don't want to fucking tempt fate. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to not, not even put my hand in it (laughs) Um, so that i just think is normal what do you think about the church the catholic church um approving the exorcism and having a actually a way of addressing these things it was the first one that this the the head up priest who gave permission Mm -hmm. had ever had to do this or something yeah (sighs) i don't know i think that's a can of worms like the catholic church has very little credibility to yeah. me at this point anyway, just because they like to fucking cover up horrible real shit. Yep. So I, I, I can't really speak to them. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe they, here's an idea. Maybe they wanted to get some PR away from the fact that a bunch of priests have been like raping boys for the last 70 years Yep. and decided, Hey, you know, exorcisms are in. Great. <laughs> You know, like, I don't know. Okay. Um, that's and, and by the way, that's not to, to disparage anybody who is Catholic, but, you know, that's just a fact that yeah. that cover-up existed. Um, and it's fucked up. So, again, so you also had this this reverend who, the priest who interviewed, way before the documentary, mm. spent plenty of time interviewing these children and became convinced of that they were worth helping. Yeah. I don't know. I I I worry that it's it's a product of a belief system or a worldview. You're more if you spend your life believing or or being taught and ultimately believing that God and the devil exist, you're going to find that in everything you look right. at. So is this house just one? Because, you know, you get it. You know, it's always easy to say when they reported repeated noises, lights flickering on and off, sounds of someone coming up and down the stairs, dogs barking, things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so easy to go. Oh, it's a dog outside. It was just this house. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. But at which point is there ever a point like like. <laughs> It's, you know, that scene in Poltergeist where they're talking about, you know, Ryan documented this object move across the room over <laughs> right, five right. hours and yeah. then he opens the door and everything's <laughs> flying around. Yeah. Ta- is there say, a point like that? In yeah. This? Do you take know. someone who's if, if you, Tim, like we're sitting there and you hear noise and you go, oh, that's just that. And imagine they just keep escalating and escalating, which mm-hmm. is essentially what happened to this priest. At a certain point, there is a tipping point for him of, OK, I'm actually going to help these people now yeah but is there that for you where you like 
do you have if all the chairs around you just started like lifting you know boom 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 like you saw them shaking around do you go oh this is just an isolated earthquake to just this point you know or if, if well, you hear Tim <laughs> I'd be freaked out but I guess I mean my ghost experience is sort of telling in that like in order for me one of the science things that that I think is really important in any experiments is is it recreatable can you have it happen again and until it does I will always be like until I see the ghost that I saw again it's always just an isolated who the fuck knows. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, so, yeah. These are beyond uh, isolated incidences, though. Right. So, for me, I would need to be in a position to have it be repeated in in a way that can't be explained away. Right. So, that's that's sort of the line for the the priest priest experience. But I'm, I just, I'm, I have a really hard time I mean, I think the implications of it, of all to have that many just sort of like odd things happening in the house, that makes me think you, that it would have to be intentionally faked. Like, I don't think if there's that, if, if what they said is true as far as that many incidences of, of sounds like that and stuff happening, then for mm-hmm. me, it's not just creeks in the house and yeah. waters things and it. it means that someone is deliberately doing those things here's a here's a problem i have though with the credibility of all of this where's the documentation of any of it so you're telling me over the course of however many years that the priest was going there that he never once brought a video recorder or a recorder or like has notated documentation of these instances so the absence of evidence the, the, is evidence of absence for you? N- no, but it's just it it undercuts the credibility that at no point did he think shit. Like if it st- keeps happening, like I want to go back to my friend's house and put a fucking camera there and right. just roll but it if, all the time. If you were, right? if I, I want to catch it again, if I was his family suffering from this and you were coming to help me, I would trust you less if all of a sudden your mission became about proving ghosts versus helping me okay well tough nuggies great (laughs) (laughs) Um, i mean i think it in a way it it could you could use it to help them understand what's actually going on and potentially say look what you're experiencing is not paranormal Mm -hmm. but when you when you have a mindset that is prone or is is blinded by your worldview, you're not going to do that. And that's very convenient to perpetuate that it's, you know, falls under the the uh, category that you're the expert in. Yeah, totally. So. So then some some things that the, the article was interesting, you know, and this reporter showed up on on the news and she refused to answer what she thought was, you know, that the news reporter kept being like, oh, so do you think there's places haunted? Do you think this actually happened kind of thing? And all she kept saying, and this is what made me like this woman, the reporter Marissa Kwiatkowski from the Indianapolis Star. She's almost drumming up more intrigue, but she refused to answer. Yeah, she just kept repeating, I just reported what everyone said. And that's, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, and I leave it up to 
Hmm. Leave it up to you. And then what she finally did get her to say was that I do believe that these people believe what they say. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I mean, I agree. Yeah. That I think a lot of people. Belief does not equal truth. No, but I think it rules out <laughs> more of the angle of being able to say this is all deliberately being faked. Like I like, yes. like to, to, no, I, I, to put I, that against where I said yeah. all to have so many sounds right. happening over and over makes me think this has to be being faked by someone. I, Granted, it could right, be by right. someone else. There could be yeah. someone who's just, you know, Dude, totally I mean, there, staging are ca- this. there are cases of fucking people living in like the crawl space of a house for years yeah. without being fucking found out. There, I like recently heard a couple stories of that kind of thing, and it's fucking nuts. But so could that uh, could that person in the crawl space get on the police's radio and say, "Who in there? Who in there?" I mean, it's not impossible, exactly. but seems I think less likely. But again, that sure. that'd be the implication. Yeah, what you're saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, the quote from the article. So the main cop in it, Austin, a 36 year veteran of the Gary police department said he initially thought Indianapolis resident Latoya Ammons and her family concocted an elaborate tale as a way to make money. But after several visits to their home and interviews with the witnesses, Austin said simply, I am a believer. Also, um, <laughs> if they made money off of that, it wasn't much because we saw like where they moved to it's not a house <laughs> not like any they, better. they downgraded yeah. so yeah i don't buy that this idea that they were somehow like you know conniving to get money it just, i don't buy that i think they think based on the folklore around the house that already existed and whatever preconceived notions they had about paranormal stuff well, or actually, God I and read, the devil and whatever i like, read so so that's true yeah they could have had been religious people before but there was actually a brief mention of this house which kind of supports what you're saying as far as them being just the religious beliefs but there was no there couldn't have been any influence about the house itself informing them because there was no prior instances of anything happening at the house is what this article said at least no that's not true though didn't didn't the woman who I'm not saying that's not what the article says, but in the documentary we watched the woman who had grown up there, didn't she say that her brother died in the basement and committed suicide? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, as so, so it could have just been that. Yeah. So this is a bit of a leap, but I think it's reasonable to assume that the neighborhood knows about that. And that has, right formed opinions about just, the house the and that lord that lore whatever it may be referring to there. the landlord said quote there were no problems in the home before or after ammons and her family lived there so really i mean it's what started though too and how about this the first thing that i don't they know said, if i buy that the that's a the landlord that's what landlords say <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about trustworthy people so okay well how about what let's say you know what is again is it a complete complete um uh manifestation in their imagination about the very first thing that they said happened which was straight out of Amityville Horror, that flies kept appearing during winter that no matter how much they killed, they wouldn't go away. Yeah, I mean, I 
I lived in a house that that would happen. Like, it's because the flies lay eggs, and then it gets cold early, and then the eggs don't hatch until it warms up again. Like when you turn your heat on <laughs> and the fucking eggs are inside mm-hmm. and you've closed all the windows in that time frame and put the storm, you know, storm windows up instead of the screens. So, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Flies yeah. hatch in your house in winter. I get, I, want, I wish I, I wish I could see you there because I feel like what they would tell you is what they saw is no, but these were, coming back faster than just being exlaid. I just, I think we're all just too prone to fucking exaggeration. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why do I have a bunch of fruit flies in here? It's not because of fucking Satan. You know, it's because... She didn't say that, though, at first. No, I know, but it's, it's just the suggestion is that it's paranormal. I mean, it's un it's unsubstantiated claiming. It's just you're just jumping to a fucking conclusion. It's like saying the earth is flat. It's but like, I'm not. Is I, it? I wasn't jumping to a conclusion. No, I, was I know. Just, I was just trying to, I was just trying to say, though, like, why not believe them, though, that you just immediately try to say, no, it's not as severe as they actually said. And I'm just saying, well, I, what if we just give them the benefit of the doubt? But that what I'm saying is they're sure. Maybe there were a fucking bunch of flies and maybe it was some odd, you know, just an odd circumstance that caused that, that that's more likely than it being paranormal. Great. So it was a very odd circumstance. Sure. These flies appearing. Okay. Great. Well, that's kind of it. You know, like I was going to say, there's a lot of fruit flies in my apartment because we fucking are stupid and I didn't take the garbage out and there was, you know, food in there that they got into and then we left beer cans out without rinsing them and they love that shit and they fucking, you wake up one day and there's 500 of them whereas before there were two. Yeah. You know, that's not, I could be like, oh my God, why are there so many? Mm -hmm. It's like, there's a reason. Usually there's a reason. But you don't have 500 flies in here. Well, I killed a bunch of them. No, but they're floating around in our face right now. Right. I'm but again, I'm just <laughs> I'm saying you're you're trying to say you you're trying to say as if you have an idea of exactly how many there were. But that's my point, right? Yeah. What I just did was exaggerate the reality because that's what we do. Right. But what if the reality was that all those flies were there? But we we can't know. We can't know whether or not they were okay, exaggerating. Okay, so then the implication you're saying is this, that they were exaggerating it. The implication, or the what I'm saying is that we as humans are always prone to exaggeration when anything unusual happens. Right. Right? And even in just retelling stories, we we have a very hard time not exaggerating. Right. I just think on a certain level, though, it's it's creating it's an, not it's giving creating a narrative. I think it's you remember how you talk about the fear of not like the deepest fear point I have is kind of not being believed sure, on a certain level. Sure. So I, I'm just getting at I like, what does it mean to just tell these people if let's just say the sake of the argument that there is something, as you said, just weird, inexplicable, not mm-hmm. connecting it to Satan. This, these crazy <laughs> right. incidents were yeah. just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of flies, okay. as they reported, just appeared and they, they couldn't, as much as they killed them, they'd still mm-hmm. be there. That, to if I told that to someone and they were just like, to me, 
like uh oh no but it's just like and they just said what you said about your fruit sure. flies here i'd kind of be like well whatever fuck you man that's like fine. this is what i saw but but i'm saying but I is that I, fine but... is it you're you're completely closing yourself off to this other person's mm-hmm. like uh, um affirming or not affirming their own sanity no i'm without being there and without having the conversation with them I'm drawing a generalized conclusion that it's more likely that, well, just that I can't know what the actuality was, right? And they aren't giving me any any other information to suggest anything, you know, to confirm or deny what they're saying. What would you have said to me had I been the one who had your ghost story and I told it to you? Ugh. I don't know. Tim, do you believe me that I saw that? Yeah, I believe that you saw it. Yeah. But like I even say with myself, like, was it, was what I saw like a ghost or paranormal? I don't know what it was, but I mean, it was certainly paranormal. I can't explain it. And I think the likelihood of it being a flashlight through the trees is not, is less so than it being something I can't explain. Yeah. Yeah, but that would just sort of, that's where it would start and stop. Yeah. You know? Because again, until you can test it or get more information. Well, good. Then that's. Or recreate right. it. That's but, what I'm saying. But I am saying like. Well, I'm glad you'd believe. So so then what if I told you about tons of flies appearing? Is that more of a leap than the. No, I think that. No, because we. That's a thing that can happen that we know of. Right? Like you could. You could come up with an experiment or you could find ways to test that. Or we could look up historically like circumstances that would make that the case because flies exist in like we know that. Right. Like so there's all sorts of it's Occam's razor. There's there's all sorts of possible explanations that are super, super simple. Yeah. That aren't paranormal. With the scene, the ghost thing, that becomes less and okay, less true. I think what I was, this is sort of aside everything that we're talking about, but just what I was trying to say earlier of um, that story of my friends did a documentary on a woman who all this tragedy happened around mm-hmm. her. That coincidence to me is paranormal. I consider that extreme coincidence to be paranormal. Hmm. Like inherently, you know what I mean? It's not. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, sort of by definition, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. I don't know. I don't I don't see what, why crazy coincidence can... We should be going, oh, it's a crazy coincidence, not, oh, it's just a coincidence. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think you should acknowledge that it's wild. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. like, whoa, yeah. what are the odds? But good, also, good. the beginning of Magnolia is, you know, a sort of a good... You know the movie Magnolia. Yeah. It's sort of a good example of that shit. Crazy shit happens all the time. Things that you think just couldn't happen, you know, like, li- like the fuck. I don't know what a good example is, but shit, like it's just the I just world get, we live in. I think in. we're on the same page, but I just get, um, I don't know. I just don't like when people uh, apply a just qualifier to crazy coincidences. A what? A just saying it's just a coincidence. Like, yeah, I think there's. It's more exciting. I, I, I think it's more inexplicable. Coincidence is inherently unexplainable inexplicable where i think we i don't i don't get the whole just a coincidence thing yeah i don't 
really either. I think it's for things beyond our understanding. That's all. I think there's a difference between saying it's just a coincidence and being like not not prone to the like the the like excitement over it. Maybe I'm just trying to say is that there's an again there's an in between here that yeah those people would be like, open to yeah there's so the last crazy thing, shit happens all the time. Just to end the the end note, just if we're that a lot of this is a summation of the article, Latoya main woman involved she said when you hear something like this don't assume it's not real because i've lived it i know it's real so maybe to your point she you certainly don't doubt she thinks so yeah and also you know but i guess to my point it's it's well who am i to who am i to say you can't tell somebody that they didn't have the experience they had. Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell somebody they don't feel the way they feel, right. right? Like they're a brain in a head doing their own thing. Like their reality is their reality. Right. No matter what. But you can test the the claim. Here, okay. Here's, theoretically. Yeah. Here's Maybe a, not always, but you can try. We're just where I'm coming from again. If I do have a point to make is I think like I'm I've I've been hurt for sure. Like you are susceptible. This is why humans are different and we have a balance that we there's a balance in the end because we have people of the extremes. The 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 ex, not extreme, but the point, the place I'm coming from in this whole spectrum is like, yeah, I'm you could say gullible or I'm open to believing or and I've been hurt by that. I don't know. Or I'm here, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. That's that's where I'm coming from. And I can and have been hurt by that. But for me, it's it's more important just to do that. Kind of like in Dead Don't Die when we have, remember we talked about the two extremes of Bill Murray, mm, no mm-hmm. matter what, against all odds, deciding to comfort, even say right. what he knows against Joe. You, give, you want to give people the benefit of the doubt. So for me, it's more important just as a... to interrelate with each other as a species to just say you know what i don't know okay latoya you know you tell me don't assume it's not real because i've lived it i know it's real okay yeah i think that look there's a big difference between telling somebody they're wrong being dismissive of their what they think and feel and have experienced and then for me, generally, I want to go one step further. I don't want to be dismissive. I want to be like, okay, that's your experience. So, like, acknowledge what they're saying, but then say, but can we explore this in a way that might reveal, a, you know, an, an explanation for the way that you're experiencing things? Bring it full circle then. Uh and I think we can agree that Zach Bagan's style of documentary <laughs> is featured in Demon House is not the best way to go about doing that. Agreed. <laughs> oh, my God! Guys! Guys! Did you hear that? Get in here! Get in here! Wait! Shh, 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 shh. Okay, Tim, I think I... Wait! I, what? Do you hear that? What? Well, you didn't hear it because I was shushing you. Okay, Tim, it's too late. We've, we can't take it back. This is officially our longest episode. So God let's not, it. let's, let's How cut the shtick. Possible? Let's cut the shtick. We were done with Demon House. I think we ended on a good note. How about you pull a movie for us? We don't want to recommend dead anything. 
Oh, yes. God, God damn it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, like, so ready. I know. Me, too. Okay, recommendations. Go for it. You go for it. No, you go for it. You go for it. God damn it. Um... Okay, fine. I don't have one. Go for it. <laughs> okay, well, I did Man on the Moon last time. I don't think I've recommended Deaded this yet, but um, I loved it when it came out in theaters in 2011 and just rewatched it, and it holds up still today. Scream 4. <laughs> I think wow. it's, it's got, awesome. I mean, the original is the original. It's great, but Scream 4 is incredible. It does everything the original did for now it tells you that the script is just so smart it's so engaging um i wish uh kevin williamson we had the equivalent of kevin williamson making ghost adventure things <laughs> um if you haven't seen it you gotta see it and i i could not believe it was eight years old now because it's oh yeah because it's about because how it's about modern films or modern horror films, it still feels concurrent. Like, we're still kind of in where horror films were as far as the glut of remakes and all that. Um, and it's incredible how it defines the new rules of horror, yada yada. Anyway, yeah, Scream 4 was as good as I remembered. Man, I don't really know what mine is. <laughs> Shit. I should have prepared one. Okay, well, how about anything if if you enjoy um, Zach Baggins type things because you watch stuff? Anything else related to this you can recommend at us? Um, I mean, Ghost Mine. <laughs> Great. Okay, <laughs> it's actually kind of fun. It's got it suffers from the same thing. So, but if you can find Ghost Mine, I don't know if it's out there on anything right now, but it's only that one season. <laughs> <laughs> what a season it was fun all right now there's like dynamite it's got everything you could want now we can do next week's movie yeah okay oh i'm pulling yeah because oh, yeah. i pulled this that's movie right. that's right <laughs> thanks <laughs> okay Ooh, starry eyes oh i haven't seen that well 2014 clearly. you haven't seen it i don't think so great well then we'll enjoy it together next week in the meantime you can I've find seen the us poster in the meantime, you can find us at dismemberinghorror.com. <laughs> yep. And at uh, dismemberinghorror on Instagram and at, dis <laughs> at dishorrorpod on Twitter. And I'm at Tim Aslan. I'm at Mayor McDuffie on Instagram. Yep. But you should recommend Dead Us something to watch because that's our favorite. Yeah, you could do that by going to dismemberinghorror at gmail.com. Or any of the other places Gov. we just mentioned, you can let us know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Or yeah, yeah. Just, just add us. In closing, thanks for listening, <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>